Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. This is the Back Porch Writer Podcast. The show for writers, about writers, and writing. It's live, fun, and informative. Each week, I chat with writers, editors, and industry pros to give you and me a heads up about this whole new awesome publishing world. Back Porch Writer is about creating the life that you want through writing and publishing. Are you ready to tap submit? Let's explore the possibilities together. Welcome to Back Porch Writer. Welcome to Back Porch Writer, the show for writers, about writers, and writing. I'm your host, Corey Miller, and today is February 24th, 2017, and I have a special guest tonight, of course, Charlene Jones, who will be joining me just in a couple of minutes, but before she does, let me catch you up just a little bit. So, Brain to Book Cyber Convention is going to happen the first weekend in April, and for those of you who are unfamiliar with it, go Google that, Brain to Book CyberCon, Google it. Um, you also can find it over on Goodreads all the action. It's just, it's a fun event. I participated last year. It's a lot of fun. You get to meet some really cool people, authors and readers. You can get involved in all kinds of giveaways if you happen to be a, a reader. And if you are an author, you, you can be one of those authors who participates in some of those giveaways or have author interviews with yours truly on Back Porch Writer. There's cover wars going on. There's workshops going on. Oh my gosh, it's just busy, 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 busy. And Angela B. Chrysler is the person who puts that all together with the help of a whole bunch of volunteers, myself being one of them. Um, And I believe Charlene is probably one of them, too. She did last year. She did some uh, interviewing as well. It's just a fun event and lots of camaraderie. Last year, I did a couple takeover events on Facebook, and that was a hoot. I had no idea what that was going to be, and it was so much fun uh, to participate in that. And you just basically go in and... It's all for a particular author, but you come over as an author and take over one hour and talk about what you do and your books and that sort of thing. And of course, give shout outs to the person whose event it actually is and talk about them a little bit. And it's just fun. It's a whole mix of goodness, basically. And you know, who doesn't need a little bit more of that in their life? You know, just goodness and kindness and compassion and just wonderful, you know, warm fuzzies. We just need that. We need a lot of that, especially now, in my view. At any rate, that's what's going on. So this show, Backwards Writer, is normally on Wednesdays at 6 p.m., but because of the cyber convention, I'm interviewing a whole host of authors, and so I'm accommodating and coming up with just different times to interview them. Some of them are in other parts of the world, and so we've got to even pre-record some of these things to be able to get them into your listening ears so you can learn about them. So that's what's happening. And Charlene is someone who I've spoken with on numerous occasions at this point. She was on Womanly Art of Self-Defense a couple times. I think I've had her on Back Porch Writer, too. I mean, she's interviewed me for Her Soul Sciences. And, yeah, she podcasts, too. I don't think I mentioned that. She does podcasting as well. But she's not really podcasting because she thinks she's really actually on a radio station (laughs) as opposed to me doing the podcasting. Anyway, she can clear that up for me. Um, Tonight, we're going to talk about 
how um, indie authors can cope with, deal with the stresses that come along with being an indie author. Because as an indie author, you do everything. You're responsible for every single aspect of your indie author business. Now, that can mean you hire people out to do certain things, but you still are the bottom line. Buck stops with you. You've got to deal with all the headaches. And you, of course, get to reap all the rewards. So, you know, give and take there. And so I asked Charlene to think about that a little bit and help us with some ideas on how to cope with the stressors that are involved in becoming an indie author. Because, yeah, it could be a lot of fun. Don't get me wrong. But there's definitely some things that you have to deal with. Um, right now, in, in my positive psychology course, we are talking about meditation. And Charlene and I have talked about that a little bit and my challenges with getting back into a meditation practice. And so that will probably come up very shortly in this conversation, the whole thing about meditation. I did pick up a book called Art for Adults. And it's got all these really pretty mandalas and other coloring pages in it. And I started to sit down and I'm, I'm working on the very first one and, and coloring it. And I'm surprised by how relaxing it actually is. I had a friend in college who used to color all the time. This is before it became in vogue to have these coloring books that were specifically for adults. She just picked up a coloring book and colored. And I thought, that's interesting. And I worked in daycare at the time a lot, and I was coloring all the time anyway with little kids. But I never thought about it from the relaxation meditative side. And so I picked up the book and said, I'm going to give this a shot and see what I think about it. So Charlene, welcome to Back Porch Writer. Thank you, Corey. Thanks for having me on again. Well, it's so good to have you back. You're always so much fun to talk with. So I was talking about these uh, coloring books that I have. Well, I have one. My daughter has one. Yes. And um, I, I'm surprised that it's as relaxing as it is to sit there and kind yes. of get lost in the the coloring. Are you, Is yes. this something that that you've done or taught or told people about or anything oh, yes. in your, your – oh, okay, I thought so. I had a feeling. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I'm going to start right off with a plug for my book, Medicine Buddha, Medicine Mind, because it in that book – I talk about or I write about what neuroscience tells us about color and how it affects the brain and how we can use colors and shapes and focusing, focusing in particular ways to help ourselves heal from or reduce stress, heal from some emotional or physical pain or reduce stress. Any of the things that we really want in our lives can be accomplished and a lot of it can be done through visualization meditation. So, Corey, what's really happening when people are doing coloring? And I'm going to get specific here and say there are a lot of mandala coloring books. And although other kinds of coloring work as well, I think the mandalas, from my, uh, from my perspective, really do have the best way of giving back to the brain what it needs. So the brain needs a sense that there's closure. The brain needs there's a sense of beginning here and ending there. We always like to have that nice, tidy feeling. At the same time, the brain likes to be occupied, and as we're sitting there very quietly, very few physical neuro neurons are, are, are being activated because we're just picking up a pencil or a pen and putting the color inside the lines or sometimes outside the lines. And that allows the brain to kind of let go of the intensity of a physical activity. At the same time, there is a requirement for the eyes to be resting in the colors. So the eyes are actually in a state of rest. 
We don't think about our eyes needing to rest, but in fact, our eyes do need to rest. And coloring is one of the ways that we uh, we encourage that feeling of being at rest. Now, because of our culture, we don't often allow ourselves to sit around and do nothing, because doing nothing is a super super healing activity. When you can do nothing, you you really you're going to push all your healing buttons really quickly. However, coloring is one of those very gentle activities that allows us to sit in a state of stillness. And where some people find it difficult to let go completely into a meditation where you're just sitting there and you're watching your mind or you have a, a meditation object like a bowl of flowers or whatever it may be to keep focusing on and bringing your mind back to Coloring will draw you into itself, so you're no longer wandering around. Your mind starts to slow down. And when we get those nice, long waves, brain waves coming through, we do relax. I hope that's a little helpful. That was awesome. Okay, I'm not that far in your book yet. I'm about, <laughs> 50, I'm about 50% of the way through. Oh, and good. I don't, I don't think I read that part yet about the coloring. So, yeah, I'm like, 51% actually, according to my Kindle. It's, it, yeah, it is, late, it is later about the colors. I, I work with the color dark okay. blue, uh, and because that's specific to the Medicine Buddha, Tibetan uh, god or deity or archetype that I chose to use as the example. But you can play with colors externally, of course, in your coloring, but you can also learn to do them internally and create them internally. And so that's a very interesting idea is how do you create the color inside? How do you, you have to work at it, practice it. Most people have to practice it. Some people don't, but most people have to go, oh, wait a minute, what do you mean create the color inside? Well, you close your eyes and you, can you see the color? And you may feel the color. You may get a sensation of the color. If I say green, do you see the green or do you get a feeling of green? And the feeling is just as uh, accurate and just as valuable as the actual physical inner physicality of seeing the color green mm-hmm. yeah Years one of the I... exercises pardon no go ahead one of the exercises that my teacher gave was we had to memorize one of these figures in tibetan buddhism there are all these different figures about 40 main vibrations that are manifested as human or human-like some of them are sort of half human but we'll take the the figure of tara uh, a loving feminine figure. She's seated, half seated, and there, she's got some different kinds of things like bracelets and so on. And she's got a crown, and she's got veils all around her. Well, his test for us was: could we visualize it instantly? So we had to learn how to memorize and visualize with memory from the bottom up and or the top down uh, any one of these figures, and then be instantly able to recreate it. So that was always a, a bit of a challenge and something worth going for. Um, the idea of meditation, I'm going to jump right in if you don't mind, Corey, and talk about yeah, meditation and writing. Okay, meditation and writing. That rumble in the background, if you hear it, that's thunder. We're having wonderful weather here in Ontario in February. It's <laughs> raining, having a thunderstorm. Um, the idea of meditation as writing, is it goes both ways. It's a reciprocal relationship. When you are writing, you are meditating. But you're meditating similarly to the way you meditate when you're working on a coloring, a piece of coloring, whether that's a mandala or not, in that you have a chosen object, and the chosen object at this point is your thought process. 
Now, the the key there is you want to be both aware of the thought process but not self-conscious about it. If you get self-conscious, all the writing goes away. Mm-hmm. So what happens is when, when you are writing and you are in the flow of the writing, and every writer knows what I mean by in the flow of it, which means the language is taking you, usually what's happening in your brain is you're creating a scene and characters and people are doing things. It's kind of like a daydream. Mm-hmm. And what, you, what you're doing as a writer is going back and specifically engaging the part of the brain that can do that over and over and over again until you get it right whatever it is that you feel has to be done until it's at that level that you say, okay, that's, that's what I want it to do. You're going back into that engagement in the visualized world that you're creating. And the same thing's happening when you're reading. When you're reading someone else's work, when I read your work on Desiree and I, I was reading about her, I had very clear images in my brain firing in response to her actions and where she was and so forth. And that's skill as a writer. Because skill as a writer means, oh, I know that I have to give the reader certain details so they can have a smooth building of this world I want them to enter into. But that world is basically a visualization meditation. It has Mm. color, it has form, it has action, it has people in it. And sometimes, any writer will tell you, sometimes those those characters just take off and do what they're going to do and you're left behind kind of trying to keep up with your pen or your computer or whatever going, I didn't know that was going to happen. Right. Well, that's a beautiful thing, right? And that's a beautiful yeah. thing. That is our, our native capacity to create, to go into that other world and let that other world be as large and as vibrant as this world. Now, doing that, it's really important that writers understand that takes a lot of energy. And people don't, I think people generally do not think of themselves as energy units, but we are. We have a certain amount of energy. And when you're doing that kind of deep, intense, it's wonderful. And you may have what we call in meditation an absorption experience so that if you get absorbed in what you're doing, you'll find that you feel very good for 24 hours. That mm-hmm. will happen sometimes. Sometimes what will happen, however, is that you're working and it's work. Because now it's not flowing. And now you're sitting there going, "Mm, how do I get that to happen again? And what do I do? And how do I work with this? And hopefully you have a skill set group of lists of exercises to help you get back in. Or you know how to breathe into your body and try to access the scene that you just wrote from a different perspective just to get some language on the page. So if you're struggling, understand that you're working very hard. And if you're working that hard, your energy is going to need to be replenished. And that is where coloring or going for a walk or singing or dancing is a really good thing because several of those activities, as we've already talked about the coloring, but when you walk or dance or sing, you're inviting oxygen into your body and you're inviting your senses to do something different than focus on the interior world. Now you've invited your senses into the exterior world. And that's one of the fastest ways to enrich your experience as a writer is to focus on your senses in the outer world. Now, that's also, as it turns out, a meditation practice. So the two really do go side by side, hand by hand. Now, the thing about meditation that we all know, we all say, okay, well, when you meditate a lot, you get calm. You do. It is. There's no doubt. You, you develop a much more deep sense of calm in the world and in your life so that even if a big wave of some kind comes up, there's a part of you that doesn't get moved. You, you might respond in, in a way that is quite human and with whatever emotion is appropriate, 
but there's a part of you that's in the center of it that's, that's not moved by it. And that's kind of a hard thing to describe. But the idea here is that we know, too, from neuroscience that when you practice meditation, you're actually changing the shape of your brain. Mm-hmm. And you want to change the shape of the brain so that the right side of the prefrontal cortex it starts to expand, and particularly that site. That's the site that many monks that don't, have done a lot of meditation when they were studied with uh, brain, their brains were studied. That's the part of the brain that was larger than in most people, and that actually happens to be also the place where happiness is. Hmm. So the correlate between doing meditation practice and being happy. Now, that also, though, depends on the meditation. You want to meditate on happiness for yourself and for others. You always start with yourself first. So then you say, well, I'm having a struggle today with my writing, so I don't feel happy. How do I do this? Well, go for a walk, exercise your senses, and when you come back, give yourself five minutes to reset yourself of, you know what, I may be struggling today, but I had that wonderful experience, and I will have good experiences again, and look how much I've created already. And you self-talk in a positive way. Then you can sit and just go into your body, feel your breath, and feel pleased Allow it to be a positive, uplifting experience. And what you're doing there is encouraging yourself in a positive way to lower the stressors and to expand yourself as a human who is more calm. Now, you're mentioning quite rightly, uh, Corey, that now not only in indie writing, but i got to say traditional publishers, too, no longer do any real marketing. The marketing for every writer is their business. That's why the B2B CyberCon event is going to be so much fun. I loved your plug for that. It was so so fun, (laughs) and it is. It's a wonderful event. And so for all of you writers and all of you readers out there, do check it out. It's a wonderful thing, and fun is the the key word. Excuse me. Tons of people who are just excited, enthusiastic to support you as well as Mm -hmm. get their own work out there. And I think that's the, the byline of that community. It's a very supportive community. So get involved, because as a writer, whether you are traditionally published or indie published, you have to do your own marketing. Now, a lot of writers love the interior world and are much less interested in the exterior world. And there are some ways to kind of get around that. I would suggest to everybody that they get involved in Ingram Sparks. Ingram Sparks has made it a lot easier to, I think it's like $60 American or something, to publish a book on their site, and they have worldwide distribution. That's the distributor that Amazon uses. And Mm. it's really not a very difficult process. Um, My book, Medicine Buddha, Medicine Mind, went up there and was distributed, and I was very pleased with the results. There were actually sales that took place as a result of that in the first month. I don't know what that curve will do over time, but I felt that my time setting the book up there was well worth it. Um, that's something I can do from my house. I tend to be that kind of person where I'm interested in the globe. I think it is some kind of megalomaniac inside of me that thinks that my writing is so great it should go out into the whole planet. (laughs) (laughs) Why keep it localized? Everybody should hear what I'm saying. Everybody should have access to my language, right? Mm -hmm. And I I laugh at myself because I really don't participate personally a tremendous amount in uh, local book readings and book signings. I find that energy intensive and not a lot of what do they call in business ROI return on investment right. I find that for my personality even though I'm I could do public speaking have done an enormous amount of it and no I'm actually not with the radio anymore to answer your question but I do have my ah. podcast and I love interviewing writers um, so all of that so 
social activity is going on, but I really find that generally to go out and do the readings and do the book launches and be involved in that is really energy intensive for my personality. So my preference is to stay home and get by my computer and find out things like the B2B Psycon or mm-hmm. like Ingram Sparks or like putting it up on Amazon or like learning about blog tours and doing all of those things. Now, again, what we're looking at here is uh, how do you balance your life when that's going on? And, <clears throat> excuse me, obviously depending on your time of life, time of life makes a huge difference. There were years in which I could not write anything but poetry, and I was grateful to write it, and I love poetry. But the reason that I wrote poetry was I didn't have units of time long enough to sit down and write longer books or longer pieces. I don't do short stories. It's just not ever something my brain doesn't work in that way. So I really like short stories, but it's not something that I come to naturally. So... Now that I'm sort of through the householding, my son is well up and on his way. He's married, children, et cetera, et cetera. So there's, there's just my partner and I, my, my partner Harry and I. And then, well, and the three cats, but I let him be the master. They can take care of him or whatever that, however that works out. Uh, the timing becomes much more uh, empty. So I'm able to do the kinds of writing and pursue some of the marketing that I've wanted to do. So I would suggest to people first take a look at what time of life you're in. If you've still got kids in the house and so forth, try to be patient with yourself and say, pay attention to the family. That's your gold. That's your gold because that's never going to be a bad thing to do. Loving your kids, loving your family, never a bad thing. Always, always going to give you the best return. So Mm -hmm. go there. Have the kids, have the family, have the partnership, make sure all of that is running. And when you can sneak away, give yourself an hour, an hour, two hours, do some writing. And then if you get a chance, do some marketing, look into things. Uh, Try to have an attitude that this is a lifelong skill. Try to understand also what I think is a really important thing to have insight and have your eyes on, which is that everything I'm saying is going to change in the next three years. Ingram Sparks will change. Amazon will change. Uh, B2B will change, probably just get bigger. Uh, Blog tours will change. We are in such a time of flux and change. You can't expect today's activity to be tomorrow's. So you kind of get used to the idea of being constantly learning. And, again, learning takes a lot of energy. So, again, try to be patient. If you're in your 30s or you're in your 40s, take the long route. Look look at it and say, well, i got 40 years ahead of me. It's going to take that long going to take that long to master one or two of the skills of writing i certainly feel that way and it's going to take that long for me to get familiar with the kinds of marketing that work for me so i i think that that kind of helps in a sense i think the other thing i would say to people is the same thing that anyone who's interested in pursuing health and well-being has to has to know and has to practice and that is you've got to get exercise get some yoga get some walking get some exercise Exercise is going to help you as a writer. It's also going to bring a whole lot of vitality to your life. It's going to ensure that you are in your sixth decade uh, still healthy. That's the number one predictor. And it is the number one predictor of our uh, antidote to the dementias and the Alzheimer is, mm-hmm. Alzheimer's is f- physical activity. Watch your food. Don't get crazy about it. Occasionally, you know, have some fast food or whatever works. But generally have a diet with, what do they say, a lot of vegetables, a lot of fruit. Do it. It's good. Don't drink too much. Every now and again, I'm Irish, I'm a writer. Every now and again, I drink way too much. (laughs) And then I pay for it. I go, yeah, that's not a good thing. I shouldn't be doing that at my age or at any age. But 
don't drink regularly. Watch that. Don't smoke cigarettes. Do you know what I mean? Generally, a healthy lifestyle, because you have something to live for, you have your family, and even if you don't have family, you have this art, you have this craft. And one of the illusions, one of the myths of writers, uh, particularly writers, is that we have to have a certain kind of romantic lifestyle that does involve all these excesses and that somehow that torment is good for our soul and good for our writing. I, I don't think that's really true. I think there are a lot of people who were tortured in their, themselves to begin with who started writing. Mm-hmm. And whether they would have been good writers or not, it's really, uh, uh, you can't tell. So I think it's very important mm-hmm. to sort of step back from that and say, you know, the the Sylvia Plath model of being a woman poet is not the one to follow. Um, she's, a, she's a wonderful writer in many ways, but the, the human suffering was huge. And the same with many of the writers who are bipolar. You want to really try to hit that middle road and keep yourself stable, keep yourself creating, keep yourself working, mm-hmm. and keep yourself in a nice, balanced place. Because your mental health, your emotional well-being, your spiritual well-being, these are all going to play into how quickly you can command the craft, how much you can learn about the craft, and the kind of message, the kind of writing that you bring to the world. So I, I think the, I think I've said a few things there. What do you think, Corey? I think that's awesome. I think the only thing I would add to it is allowing your, well, forgiving yourself for not yeah. being able to keep up with the Joneses, so to speak, in the writing world. It's okay not to do those things and, and to revamp yeah. your plan. As according to, as you say, where you are in your life at that moment. I think that that's a really that's key right. thing is knowing you're the one in control of that. And it's entirely up to you. And it's a marathon, <laughs> not a sprint. Exactly. Got time. Just, just, you know, enjoy the process, you know, and enjoy the experience. Yes. I think that's a huge part yes, of it. Yes. And absolutely, Corey. And I've got, I've got to say, this is, this brings up, I think, one of the most important points about all of this and about living in general, which is your success is not going to be the same as someone else's. My success as a writer is never going to look like Margaret Atwood's. And when I look at Margaret's wife, with all due respect, I mean, that's not the life I wanted to live. She lived a certain way. She gained all of that writing, and, and it's beautiful. That's not what I do as a writer. That's not what I want to do as a person who's alive. There's a point in the writing where you sink below who you think you are, and you allow the language that exists inside of you to come forward. And that's when the writing is really, really, really good. And mm-hmm. it's the same in life. When you get out of your own way and say, stop telling yourself what you should be. Well, mm-hmm. I should have had this book published. People mm-hmm. should be buying mm-hmm. my book. I'm, why should they? You wrote it. Didn't you have fun writing it? Don't take it so seriously. Right. It is your goal. So stay at it every day, step by step, but let the goal go away. Don't be focused on, I've got to become this, I've got to become the best writer, the whatever, because it will break your heart. And not that that's a wrong thing, but there's a lot of things that will break your heart. And um, you need to pull back from that, and you need to know that life itself has its plan. There's a greater plan than what you think is going on. Mm-hmm. If you are that person who gets out there and just taps at something and the whole writing world unfolds for you and everybody wants to read your books, congratulations. Hello, J.K. Rowling. I'm thrilled. I think that's wonderful. <laughs> right? awesome thing. Yeah, it's an awesome it's thing. It's an awesome thing. That's not necessarily what's going to happen in my world, but I love my world. My world 
with all of what my world is, including the writing, including the marketing, including these kinds of great chats, that's what I treasure, grateful for. So that keeps the mind, I think, in the right place when you just get grateful for what is happening in your life and valuing this, valuing yourself in the life that you're in. We have got to stop right there because that is an awesome stopping point. I like to end on gratitude and and valuing where you are. That is a wonderful Absolutely. to end this with. I want to thank you so thank much, Charlene, for joining me. Thank you, Corey, for having me over. I really always enjoy our talks. And thank you for all the wonderful words you, words you put out there in the, word, in the world. Um, <laughs> well, thanks. I'm going to finish up your book. I really am enjoying it. So everybody needs to go check out what? Medicine, Buddha, Medicine, Mine. It, I really am. I, and I like your style. Great. It's just so, it's approachable and just, I, you know, it's one of those, I've told you in the past, I don't like to read nonfiction at night because I want to be able to really think right. about it and all that. I've been reading yours right. at night and still thinking about <laughs> all that, but it's just, it's, I really have been enjoying it. So I'm like, Oh, I got to read more of that. I'm, <laughs> you know? I'm thrilled. But Thank I'm, you I'm so much, it. Corey. You've made my evening um, and my week. I really appreciate it. I knew it. it was up my alley. I told you that a year ago. <laughs> you did. You were right. So, I'm so glad the writing works for you. That's terrific. But you have a great night. All Thank right. you so much. You too. Thanks, Corey. We'll be in touch soon. Okay. Everybody, check out Medicine Buddha Medicine Mind. It's over on Amazon. It's You could get it in lots of places, but, you know, check it out. Leave a review. Until next time, I'm your host, Corey Miller. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for listening to Back Porch Writer. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe via iTunes so people just like you can find the show. If you've got comments, questions, or want to be a guest, visit BackwardsWriter.com for details. I'm your host, Corey Miller. Until next time, pull the chair, sit a spell, and write. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.